Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. My name is Andrew Harith, and joining me, as always, is Andrew Decker. What's up, Mr. Decker? Mr. Harith. It's all right, freaking sir? cold. It's cold, <laughs> and I'm stuck inside. Same, man. Same. Okay, so we usually record these a little bit earlier, but because of the winter storm and conflict of schedules and stuff, this is actually recording on the 31st. It is a frozen wasteland in our neck of the woods. Um, It's actually not. I mean, it's kind of beautiful. There's like a very small, thin layer of snow and, and ice out there. But, you know, we're in Texas, so everything is completely shut down. Right. Um, I haven't heard of any power issues. Are you doing okay power-wise? Uh, power's fine. Power's fine right. so far. Yeah, same Let's here. keep our Knock fingers crossed on, on that. Yeah, no joke. Uh, that would that would be terrible. So, um, so we hope all of you are staying warm and staying safe wherever you're listening. Um, and uh, we're today, Mr. Decker. What are we talking about today? Well, we're going to talk about uh, enhanced sentences basically, and parole eligibility, uh, primarily, those kind of how they go together. Um, Historically, we've called those 3G offenses. They haven't been 3G offenses, I I don't think, in the whole time that I've practiced. Um, (laughs) Right, yeah. But But you know where you can find them. I do know where I can find them. Yeah, Yeah. that would Uh, be in the... It's the section that we all should have read by now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Um, 42A. Right. Code 42A. of criminal procedure, 42A.054, if you want to be specific. So Thank these aren't 3Gs anymore. These are 054s. These are 054s. <laughs> it doesn't roll I'm off not gonna the ever tongue. Use, it doesn't roll off the tongue, but it's what I'm using. 054. Okay. Um, all right, good. You know, you we say you it know, enough. I'm just going to have that memorized now. Uh, right. You know, instead of like in court when I say, hey, is this 3G or let's look at this. Uh, I mean, even our even our clients uh, know it as 3G. Um, so this is <laughs> not amazed. just attorneys. No, no. And and it is. You really have to find someone who's brand new for them not to know what a th- what 3G means. Uh, and they quickly know because everybody uses it. But today, today, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, 054. Let's change it. Let's let's start a movement to get rid of 3G. This, it's old law. Let's stay current, attorneys and defenders. 054. Right. I'm with you. Right. I'm with you, Mr. Decker. Let's do that. Okay, so we're looking at 42A054, and we're going to include some other special parole consideration type cases. Uh, yes. But, you know, Andrew, the, the number one question I still get, and I know we've podcasted about this before, is... Hey man, what's up with that twelve forty four a? Give me, give me some of that twelve forty four a. What, what's okay. am right. I am I eligible for that? Um, so quickly, oh, let's talk no, about no, the. No one's yeah. ever asked me if they're if they're eligible for that. They just ask, can I get a twelve forty four a? Yeah, and so, so <laughs> l- let's let's discuss some of the law here. Like, okay, when we're talking parole considerations. Why is that a different conversation than twelve forty four a? Well, one, 1244A is usually coming early in the question. Um, we're looking at only a state jail felony. Um, and generally, state jail felonies are not parole eligible. And you can right. only get like one-fifth time. Uh, so yeah. 
you're going to do 80% or more of your time in a state jail felony. And the one-fifth rule only applies if you take certain programs while you're in the state jail and your sentencing judge checks off on that, yes, you should be able to be released early because of that. That's not a parole board question. So we know that there are judges who just say no. State correct. Pay for day. We're not. We're not signing off on that. In fact, I would say it's actually very few. I think it's growing, but um, so the twelve forty four a becomes important because six months state jail is one hundred and eighty days. Six yep. months in the county jail could be as little as sixty days, depending on how the sheriff counts the time. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's the uh, so, due diligence so participation difference. credit. Yep, and like <clears throat> like you said, you know, I know of zero judge, maybe maybe a couple of judges I practice in front of, but I know of zero clients who have actually been given that due diligence participation credit. Good time. Yeah, because you you have to almost be there. Um, uh, you almost have to be there the whole time before you even can write off to the judge to get that credit. So if you're doing 360 days and you have to do 80% of the time, well, take off about 70 days of that 360. And you can now write to the judge. By the time the judge looks at it, you might be at, you you might be getting a month off of a year. Yeah. Which, Hey man. So sometimes 30, 30 days off a year, if they grant it, that's uh Something to be thankful for. Sure. Amen. Amen. So state jail, no parole other than this, you know, 80%, whatever, good time credit. Um, and so that's what, you know, parole, when we talk parole, we're talking third degree and up. Yes, right. We're not talking about misdemeanors today, boys and girls. We're talking about big boy crimes or big girl crimes. Yeah, yeah. These are these will land you in the big house. Um, mm, and, come on. And, yeah, and so uh, you know, there's there's uh, the the typical parole type release parameters. Usually, we usually say it's like quarter time, twenty five percent, something along those lines. You could probably get paroled out much sooner than that, case by case. What I usually tell people, because I'm not a parole attorney, is you know I can only tell you what the law says, right? Whatever whatever the parole board decides to do is up to them. I have no control over it. Um, Note the judge, the DA, we can't, we, we can't force the parole board to do whatever. So that's, that's, I think our disclaimer. Yeah. Right. And Mr. Harris, correct me if I'm wrong. Every, every plea I have actually has a paragraph somewhere in it that says parole and somebody to the effect of only the parole board can count the days. Uh, The judge nor the prosecutor nor the defense attorney has made any claims as to your release date. Yeah. So it's very much, you know, and occasionally I'll remind people, you know, they'll, 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 they know, right. Especially people who've been in custody anywhere very long. They may not be repeated offender, but they know because they're talking to their brothers and sisters inside the, the county jail. Hey, you know, I mean, I went down on the same offense. Uh, I got five years and I was out in eight months. Yeah. Right. And so they, they go, well, I'm only going down for eight months to a year. And I'm like, okay, so it's 25% minus good time is the standard rule. So yes, it might be eight months to a year, but you have to remember 
the parole board makes the decision. And I have had people go, uh, a repeat offender, he was a repeat offender, he stole a case of water, he did six years, seven months on a seven-year sentence for theft. Gosh. Seems like some priorities are getting mixed up there uh, in the state parole office, but whatever, I digress. Right, so, right. You know, so, there, so you always have to let them know. And then I get clients pissed at me. Yeah. You, Mr. Decker, you don't believe that I'm going to get out. You don't fight for me. And I'm like, I don't count the days. You right. have to know you could do every day of it. I can't control that. Yeah. And that's, that's what I, that's, that's what I tell people. I go over that paragraph specifically when my client's looking at time. Heck, even if they're not, if they're going to be on probation, I'm like, look, you, you are still in hot water. Like you, you have a lot hanging over your head. This is what could happen. But um, what I tell them is like, you need to expect to stay in there for your full time. And if you get out early, great, that's a gift. Um, but there, you, you, you must have it in your mind. Like I'm signing for seven. I'm going to stay in for seven. Um, and it gets very dangerous, right? Because a lot of our defenders, unfortunately, in order to make a deal happen, maybe it's a bad case or maybe they don't want to go to trial or, you know, God forbid they're scared to go to trial. They will kind of oversell the, uh, parole date, right? So like, oh man, you're only going to do like with your back time and how full uh, the prison system is, you're only going to do a couple more months and you'll be out. Um, that's very dangerous. That that can, um, you know, that can lead you to, to having to defend a grievance. Um, and it's just really poor service to your client. So just be very right. clear and very careful about how you're advising <clears throat> on these parole considerations. Right, right. And and there we do, both of us have had clients who parole out of the county jail or they pull chain and they parole out within a few weeks. That is completely normal and common. But again, that's up to the parole board, not up to me, yeah. not up to you, not up to the judge, not up to the prosecutor. Um, well, that's, that's exactly right. That's what like a lot of our clients, I think, kind of get stuck on is they will have anecdotal evidence of really short, uh, really short prison time before they before somebody parole's out. And it's our job as lawyers to not like dash their hopes, but just remind them that's just a one off or you, you can't really base what's going to happen on you, depending on what happened on other people. So um, exactly. there's plenty of anecdotal evidence out there, you know, and Hey, I, I tell people there's you can hear stories of people having contact with aliens. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, <laughs> that it's going to happen to you. Right. Um, so Mr. Harris, know, we know. never rely on the alien defense. Come on. man. I, <laughs> hey, but I, I do believe in Bigfoot. All right. So I'm not I'm not completely against all uh, all all weird, weird stories out there. Anyways. OK. Um, how do we get on? Anyways. OK, so. But, but okay, so we have offenses. the quarter time. Right. Yes, and there's some offenses. Uh, didn't mean to cut you off, but there's some offenses that, you know, hey, it's very clear cut. This is the first time you could be eligible, right? Correct, correct. Let's go and over And you're going to refer to, we, as we call them, the O54s. The O54s. Right. Um, you're going to look at 42A054 and... You got to also look at the government code. Oh, geez. Um, oh, man. <laughs> because, it, because I actually spent some time 
as we were preparing for this, you know, because I like to be able to quote chapter and verse, you know me. Yeah. Um, looking at 42A, and I said, nowhere near as to say this is halftime. The, 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 the rule that we all know, you have to go to the government code. You have to go to government code. Um, and then the government code, uh, that is government code 508.145A generally. Um, but the 42, uh, the 42A054s are aggravated or severe offenses that come with special punishment ranges. Um, and again, we're going to start with the general. If it involves a deadly weapon, what happens, Mr. Harris? Oh, that's half time. Half time before what? Before consideration. Mm-hmm. Like it's not half time and you're released. It's not an automatic release. Like you, you know, in some of these offenses, you're looking at staying in for 80 to 90% of your time if you're lucky. Right. And it's not, it's not half time, including good time, like the quarter time was. It oh, is right. half. So, and it's half if you're doing four or more. Why is yep. that, Mr. Harris? Do you remember? Do you remember? It's what happens? Ha- no, if I, I haven't. Go ahead. You have to do a minimum of two. So oh, if right, you right. go in yeah. on an aggravated offense for two years, you're doing all of it. For three years, you're doing two. For four years, you're doing two. So you have to get to basically four and a half or five years before you get any real relief, um, or you start actually seeing that uh, come. So you're you know, hey, if you. Five, yeah, if you get a two on an on one of these 054 related offenses, your attorney did a pretty dang good job. Yeah, yeah, I've I've done a couple of them. I've gotten a couple yeah. of them, usually on a revocation, you know, a DWI with a deadly weapon. The car was a deadly weapon. I um, I need and I feel like at this point I need to give a disclaimer. I am operating without the benefit of my code books because of the freeze. Uh I did not come home this weekend with uh with anything with any any books at all so i know like andrew you have your code book available um which is just a handy i've got it all like you know um sticky notes and all that kind of stuff tabbed off and whatever but also our crime and consequences book which is a fantastic yes. resource for these kinds of questions Thanks. thank you todd dupont right yeah because yeah they have friend great of, they friend have of the show great great um uh chart so in the crimes and consequences if you go to chart 4h you will find deadly weapons and it talks about what a deadly deadly weapon is um basically there are two categories one by design i.e a firearm two it's anything is by the manner or use uh the manner of use so a baseball bat is not designed to be a deadly weapon but we, if you've seen the Untouchables, you know what Al Capone does at dinner. He loves baseball. It is a deadly weapon, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's that is a hard, hard scene to watch, but it is such a great movie. Um, uh, but uh, some of these are pretty obvious, you know, an axe handle, a baseball bat, a bayonet, a motor vehicle, a nail gun, uh, a hand if you use it for choking or beating someone. A uh, gasoline, a flashlight, you know, if you club somebody with a flashlight, uh, a bayonet, a BB gun, 
Why? Because pointing a gun at someone is exhibiting a deadly weapon. Yeah. Um, some of them that were surprising, but when you link about them, you kind of go, okay, um, an HIV positive person who purposefully uh, or knowingly or you know intentionally transmits bodily fluid, that's, yeah. that, that's a deadly weapon. Um, uh, underpants is actually listed and it's in Morales, um, uh, and you look up the case law on your own. Uh, but the <laughs> one that surprised me the most, some of them, and, and I didn't look up the case. We talked about this. This is something, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know, this is something you might want to find out. Intense light. It's a Davenport, uh, 466 Southwest 3rd, 308. It's out of Amarillo. Intense light. I, I, I just, I've got to know. <laughs> how bright this light yeah. was that it was considered a deadly weapon um if you want to find out and you'd like to let us know on the show we'll give you a shout out at some point uh that you found out what uh the intense light was uh for those deadly weapons but any deadly weapon in the commission of a felony automatically takes us to that aggravated state it has to be a finding it has to be in the judgment either by the judge or the jury and you're doing minimum of two years or half time, whichever is more right now. It does change what we'll, we'll get up to the bigger ranges in a little while uh, because most of us aren't there, there are, there's some big, big bad boys uh, that, that those rules even change a little bit. Yeah. And, and you and I have represented on those really uh, on a handful of those serious cases um, where they even have sp- uh, even more special parole considerations but yeah just um just to clarify like you said it has to be a specific finding what's an affirmative finding of a deadly weapon uh in the judgment if you don't have that like you could be charged with aggravated assault but there not be a deadly weapon and technically uh or there would not be an affirmative finding of a deadly weapon in the judgment technically you would not be under the 054 for the for this parole consideration. However, the parole board could still look at that and say, yeah, I don't think so, bud. You're going to stay in for a minute. Again, the parole board can make their own determination on when they think an offender should be released. So it's important to remember, like normally if you don't have that finding, you know, you probably are getting off on the, you know, maybe on the normal parole considerations. But that may not be the case. Okay. So again, you, you have to just stick with, um, you know, this is a parole board decision. All right. So that will handle the deadly weapon. So, uh, you know, a lot of your charges, uh, uh, you know, assault, family violence, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, um, you know, intox manslaughter, intox assault, um, a lot of those type cases, right? Robbery, burglary. Um, I mean, uh, you know, whatever, burglary, habitation, robbery, that kind of stuff. So, um, Andrew, we have yes, even more serious special parole considerations. Right. And again, the first place you want to start is go to 054 and they are listed out for the most part. Um, uh, these are persons that... Um, for various reasons, but some of these you you understand: capital murder, murder, 
aggravated kidnapping, trafficking of persons, continuous trafficking of persons. These are some of the things that we all, if you write a, if you, if you have a horror story kind of a movie, these are the offenses that come up, right? Yeah. Um, these are the, these are what we often think of as the worst of the worst. Um, and then we start getting indecency with a child, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, um, injury to a child, elderly or disabled individual. Again, these are things that we kind of, as a society, we, um, uh, we know or feel like these are really, really bad. These are not, this isn't you stole. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, even that, that, that theft would be a crime of moral turpitude. These are a little bit more serious. And I think the prevailing view uh, in the legislature is that these cases, uh, these individuals cannot be rehabilitated. And so for the safety of the community, um, you know, you're going to have these special parole considerations. And you and I have represented a handful of people on continuous sexual abuse of a child. We've talked about that on the podcast um, on some of the prior episodes, really serious cases that take a lot out of us. Um, our clients are, you know, really in a, in, in a pickle if they're charged with this. Um, and, you know, that is one of these charges that there is no parole. It is a day for day offense and a minimum of 25 years. So it's kind of what uh, some people call, you know, like, um, uh, super enhanced or super aggravated or whatever the case may be. But even mm-hmm. if you're like, if you're found guilty of murder, not capital murder, but, but regular murder, uh, you, you, you could get out of prison well before, I mean, you're still eligible for parole, right? It's three G, but you could get out well before, uh, somebody charged with continuous sexual abuse of a child. Um, and I guess there's because there's some murders that as a society we're just okay with. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't think we're okay with any murders. Um, uh, but it any murder that's not a capital murder or doesn't basically any yeah. murder that's not a capital murder. So if I'm not going to try to give examples, I'm going to give you examples. Right, yeah, of capital we don't murders. have <laughs> we right. don't have to give a yeah right uh, yeah. I mean, I was just <laughs> thinking like yeah yeah. I mean, just your just your run-of-the-mill uh murder let's not get into that but anyways you know that that could be like you you could be found um uh, guilty of murder be sentenced to life in prison and get out in 30 years you know like that that parole time on a life sentence that's a life sentence based off of like 60 years um in the prison system so 30 years you'd be eligible for parole and if you got 30 years as a continuous you're staying in you know, or you got 60 or whatever that number is, you're staying in day for day. Um, and even on, you know, some of the 3G, I know we're kind of backtrack or I'm backtracking, but on the 3G offenses, uh, some of those are not like the sexual assault, you know, they're, it'll be, you, it'll be a 3G offense, but you're not going to see parole until like 80 or 90% of your time is served. There's just no way they're going to let you out at that 50%. Uh, especially yeah yeah especially if yeah um i mean there is i I think you're gonna have to show that you've done everything you possibly can while you're in custody to rehabilitate yourself to learn uh how to um keep your hands to yourself for lack of a better term um 
so that the parole board can see, all right, and you've also passed that you're a low risk offender, right? This was a, yeah, that th- they have all these evaluations. You're going to have to show you're a low risk offender, that you're doing everything you can to avoid having problems again in the future. And maybe, maybe that's me giving a little bit of credit to the parole board. I think they would look at that. Again, yeah. I, yeah. Well, there's th- some really the- good parole attorneys in the state of Texas that are members of TCDLA always asking and answering questions on the listserv. Uh, definitely reach out to them if you do have these specific questions. I know there's one in our area that is always willing to help out, answers text messages, even from me. So I think he'd answer questions from you. But um, but really, I think it would take like the work of a very skilled parole attorney to present a packet of information to the parole board to, you know, to kind of to kind of bolster your the the offender's chances of getting out. Um, but I, I really I. Uh, I think on a, a lot of times on those, you know, any kind of sexual related offense, it's it's going to be a miracle for you to get out. You're going to be considered at 50 percent of the way through, but certainly not going to get out um, before 80 or 90 percent in my experience. So when you so, went in for those. That that kind of, that was a weird way to put that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. We want to be very clear, uh, Mr. Harris has not been charged with an offense. Wait um, a second. Hold on. I meant my client's experiences, guys. Uh, I mean, I cheese yeah, Louise. I said you have not been charged by an offense. I wanted to be very clear. I just hate that. I hate that we have to have that as a disclaimer. <clears throat> that's uh that's not that's not <laughs> one of the goals I wanted on this podcast. Oh, yeah. welcome to doing criminal. Hey, we all know that people consider us criminal attorneys, and we have to remind them, no, we are criminal defense attorneys. We are not criminals. Civil attorneys, they're criminal. They'll take all your money. They don't do Usually I'm the one with the hot takes on this show, Mr. Decker. Dang. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yes, anytime anytime you start talking about uh, these really enhanced offenses, um, continuous sexual assault of a child, someone who is uh, been charged with sexual assault of a child multiple times, um, someone who is habitual. Remember, any habitual offense, if they can be charged as habitual, we're starting at 25 years. There are some offenses that start at 15. And most of those, when you start really getting up there, um, well, you can be habitual and not be 3G, not be 054. Um, right. But those big offenses, those ones that are listed in 054, you want to make sure you look at and carefully consider um, what it is that you are uh, looking at because it makes a difference. Um, I mean, those those ones that are uh, automatic life sentences you don't want to accidentally step off in it and you want to make sure you know what they are if you go to trial. Um, so anything that is child trafficking, indecency with a child, sexual assault or aggravated sexual assault, especially if they are uh, repeat offenders. Um, uh, yeah. Aggravated kidnapping. Well, if they, if they did it with the intent to commit uh, or violate a victim sexually, um, if you've been a, you, you just have to look at it. You have to go to the code. You have to go to um, and, and look it up. If it's not, if it's not one of the standards, make sure you know. 
first things first, read 42A. Mm. As always, our um, advice du jour. And, and, right. and you know, it, you know, again, it, if it is, if you are a repeat offender on like a sexual assault of a child case, it is an auto life. Um, so there's really very little on punishment for a jury to do. They just have to right. find and, it and, true that you've been prior, you know, convicted previously and it is an automatic life sentence. Right. And, and as we've said previously, sometimes those go to trial, not because the facts are great, but because the person does not want to admit yeah uh, sure that they you know even if even if even if we look at them and say look i can go get you 10 or 12 you know i can get you 12 or 15 years today if you'll let me go do it and they'll say no they want to roll the dice why because they do not want to stand up and say i did this especially right. i did this again um, yeah and so you know it, it it helps to remember it helps us all to remember no one wants to be the villain of their own story. Right. And so when someone has to admit one of these heinous offenses, they're having to admit they're a villain in their own story. And that is really, really hard for any of us uh, to do. But especially if, if you're well broken, just real yeah. broken. Um, they're not there yet. They haven't. They, they don't have the emotional maturity to do that. Uh, and sorry, I'm, I'm getting a little silent just because it's, we, we deal with some really hard stuff sometimes. So we do, we do some really hard stuff. That's why, you know, I like, I, I appreciate having you on my team when we are trying these cases. Uh, I feel like your, your work as a minister and, and just your work as an attorney really lends itself very well to kind of shepherding, our clients through these messes. Um, yeah. You know, we're in trial so, for something like this. Yeah. I think two things have to happen. And I, and I, and I've talked about this in other places. Anytime we're defending a client, especially of these more heinous crimes to remember one, it is a person. They are a person. Yeah. Still, you know, keeping in mind what the, the facts of the case are a lot of times we're defending Innocent people charged with this offense, right? Sure, sure. It, Sometimes it, it, we're not. Yes, <laughs> but but it, right. In either case, they, they are, are a person. person. Yes, right. And to see them as a human, and to to have some. And if we can't do that, go back and look at their. Go talk to their mama. Go talk to their grandma. Go go sit down and talk to them and say, "Tell me about eighth grade." Right. Go find something you can connect and go. Huh. Yeah. I I'm a human too. I was in eighth grade. Suck. It was really, really weird for me in eighth grade, right? I got beat up a lot. I don't know. Whatever it is. Um, yeah. Uh, that's first. And then second is to be willing to say, um, uh, I don't know where I was going, but for, for, remember they're human and remember they're broken. They are not, they will, they will not, no one wants to be the villain in their own story. And so often we're having to sit in there and we're pointing, we're holding up a mirror that looks like an offense report and saying, but they're going to be able to prove all this. And what you're saying is, tell me you're the villain in your own story. Yeah. That's really, really hard to do. Um, and so, you know, remember yeah. that it makes it go easier, but especially on these big offenses where they're going to have to admit to maybe a lot of years. And if they were whatever it is, harder time because they can't come out early 
it, it's, it's real early. tough. It's real tough. So absolutely. All right, my friend. We need to cover anything else uh, with this. I don't think so, Mister Harris. I think I think we've yeah. covered it. So stay warm. Um, read forty two A again. Uh, it is incredibly insightful and helpful because so much of what we do really comes back to that. Yeah, 42A054 specifically for this podcast, but really 42A is the backbone of what of what we do as defense attorneys. Yeah. Yep. All right, Mr. Harris, I hope you stay warm and have a have a good next couple of days. Yes, sir. You too. My next uh, adventure will be trying to find a place that sells food in the midst of a winter storm. We shall see. Wish me luck, everybody. (laughs) Good luck. All right. Y'all be good.